The WNBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash in their new over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone and join the SGPN group. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. I'm back. I had a great vacation and I'm ready to come out here and make some money and get it all back. You guys are here at the WNBA Gambling Podcast. Another episode, I'm your host, Terrell Furman Jr. Really real villain real, as you guys may already know. And it has been a lot that has transpired. You know, some whew, rough things going on in the country right now to some juicy tea around the league and i'm here to break it down with my guy my co-host and the new host of the new tennis gambling podcast my guys scott studio reichel scott what's going on nothing much been a very i'd say entertaining and stressful weekend preparing for wimbledon it was nice to get the podcast up and running before the actual start of the tournament. So far, you know, knock on wood, of course, 2-0 and in the locks. So good start to the tournament. And hopefully that carries over throughout the rest of it. But, you know, it's exciting. I've always been following tennis, and it's nice to have a podcast where I can express my opinions on that. Of course, now that the NBA season's over, we're still going to be covering the NBA. But, yeah, I got a bit more free time because I'm not constantly watching the Warriors and Celtics turn the ball over 40 times. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much how it goes. So it's gonna be it's gonna be great, but we got a lot to get into. But real quick before we keep moving on, I we, we gotta talk about it in the news, the big news around the league that's happened since I've been gone. And that is Tina Charles and the Phoenix Mercury have come to an agreement to in have a contract divorce and in their contract. And now Tina Charles is reported that she will be signing with the Seattle Storm. As soon as she clears waivers, which is going to happen, if it hasn't happened already, it's going to happen in, you know, the upcoming day or two. So real quick, where does that leave the Phoenix Mercury in the Seattle storm? And it was a very interesting note that I saw on Twitter. I got to find it. But it was like the last five years that the teams that Tina Charles has played on have had losing records. And they actually had all the records up there. I got to find that that tweet again. But let's – I just thought about it off the top of my head. But Tina Charles moving from the Mercury to the Storm, does this boost the Storm's chances? And does this hurt the Mercury? And when we talk about playoff and – you know, championship futures aspect. What is what is the the loss and the gaining of Tina Charles do for you? Well, it really comes down to if this move puts Seattle over the top. And even though I do believe that Vegas is still better and Chicago is still better, I do think the Storm are definitely a top three, top four team in the league at this point. 
So I do believe this move is going to help, especially on the interior, because you can pair her with Brianna Stewart and just dominate on the glass almost every game, which should be the blueprint mm -hmm. for Seattle moving forward. As for Phoenix, I'm not exactly surprised it didn't work out. For whatever reason, the chemistry just never seemed to gel with this current roster. I know, of course, Phoenix is still shorthanded because of the Brittany Griner situation. But you're looking at what the, I'd say, projected goals of Phoenix was. And being 7-12 and 12 is not exactly what they had in mind. And you're looking at Tarazi with Diggins Smith with Tina Charles. And for whatever reason, that big three just never really clicked at all. Not to mention the Shields, who's also a solid player. But the point is, it seemed like Phoenix needed to make a move. I was surprised they fully voided the contract. I thought they would just try to ship her and you'd mm -hmm. probably get a trade so you can get maybe yeah, some trade, draft picks back or something. Something out of it. But I guess they just decided to move on and let them go their separate ways. I'm not going to read much into it for Phoenix because it seemed like they just needed to do something to change up either locker room chemistry or just court actual, I'd say, court chemistry, if you want to use that phrase as well. So mm -hmm. I feel like it was something that Phoenix felt like they needed to do. I still think they should have gotten some picks back because Tina Charles is a top, what, like top 20, top 30 player in the history of the league. Yeah, yeah, no, she. I mean, she is. And going back to that note, <clears throat> that note I said it was tweeted out by Richard Cohen, uh, and he's the guy behind WNBA Alien, or uh, WNBA Alien. So, uh, and you know, he's on, does stuff for Her Who Stats, where is where I get a lot of my stats when I talk about the W. I, I meant Her Who Stats, getting that stuff. And he said, just to mention Tina Charles WNBA teams over the last five years. And he even broke it out to the game she actually played in. And so he's got 6-12, and 5-11 and 11 in games she played in, 12-20, and 9-18 in games she played in, 0-0, 10-24, zero, 10-23 zero, and and in games she actually played in, 7-27, and 7-26 and and in games she actually played in. So record-wise, they haven't been doing that well for somebody who's probably one of the best players that WNBA has ever seen. And so – is that going to switch in Seattle? I'm curious to see how it even blends in Seattle because, you know, McBegger is still there. And McBegger is their third leading scorer and has been a very, very good big for them. And so is she going to play alongside her? And they're going to have, like, these twin towers with, well, really a triplet of towers when you add Stewart in there. So are they going to do that? Are they going to bring McBegger off the bench or Tina Charles off the bench? I doubt Tina Charles is coming off the bench, but – it's going to be interesting to see how they do this. It seems like they're going to have a sizable big on the court at any given time. Yeah, the thing is, of course, I mentioned chemistry being the key word for Phoenix and why they felt like they needed to make the move. Same thing with Seattle, but you got to view it from an automatic contender perspective. How is she going to mesh with the rest of the overall roster? They've been practicing and playing on the same team for several years, and now Tina Charles shows up. I do think that this move is going to help Seattle. Because you got to view it if you are in the front office for the storm. Do you believe before you made this move, your team was good enough to seriously compete for a championship? I don't think they were good enough. I think that they could have made potentially a conference finals if a couple of things went their way. But before this move, maybe even after this move, but before this move, Terrell, do you think they were good enough to beat Vegas?
We're talking about the storm, right? The storm. Before they they acquired Charles, no. do you think they were good enough? Because I don't either. No. So you I can don't. argue about chemistry and how it's going to work, but the point is if you believe this is a potential move that can let you potentially upset Vegas in a playoff series, then you make this move every time, especially mm-hmm. since the move is extremely cheap because you didn't have to yeah. give anything up in yeah. order to get her. You didn't. And so it's, it's, a, it's a good move. It's a really good move. And I think anybody in the W would have made this move. You're not going to just let Tina Charles sit, there, sit out there and be a free agent for the whole season. So I, I can't really think of a comparison because I, would, I don't want to be disrespectful to Randy Moss, but it kind of feels like when the Patriots gave up like that fourth or fifth round pick for Moss and everyone <laughs> looked over like, what the hell just happened? I don't yeah. want to say that it's the same case here because Tina's definitely not the same player she used to be. She's still very good. She's just not in her prime anymore, in my opinion. But the question is, who's who was at fault? Where was the where was the the miscommunication? Because you didn't even try to ship her for a pick, like you didn't try to ship her for anything, pennies on the dollar or nothing. That you know, it's not like the trade deadline has passed already. We're still some weeks out from the trade deadline. You didn't try to move well, and if you did try to move her, nobody took her and nobody bid on it, and so it's like. I can't who, believe nobody would, nobody would take a shot. You can't even give up a depth prospect for. For Charles, there, there had to have been somebody there that would yeah, have so it given does, up something. So it had to be some type of trade market, but you decided to just do the divorce and be done with it. That's that's interesting because it's like you really wanted her out of there. And yeah. is it her or is it y'all? And I think that that's probably what we're going to figure out in the next coming weeks with, you know, whatever the trajectory of the famous Mercury turns out, turns out on being and what – Tina Charles adds to the storm. So I do want I do want to ask about the actual culture in uh, Phoenix right now. Of course, they ended up uh, switching coaches. They had Tina Charles show up and then immediately leave. Mm-hmm. How much of this falls on Tarazi? Because there's some rumblings going on in the media that she's extremely difficult to play with. And it seems like with the arguments we saw between her and Diggins Smith earlier this season, the fact that Charles basically got cut for nothing, is it fair to read between the lines and suggest that Tarazi might just not be that great of a teammate right now? You know, I you can say that. And I think, yeah, you can say that. And it can be, you know, I think everything is a matter of opinion. But we, if we just switch it over to another player – Everybody said Candace Parker was a bad teammate and Candace Parker was somebody that they didn't want to play with. And Candace Parker left LA, that culture that said all of that and that all those rumblings were coming out of, and she went to Chicago and won a championship. So, you know, and we we take it over to another sport and he might not have been as, you know, successful in terms of getting rings, but Chris Paul is another person who everybody said it was a bad teammate or somebody, everybody said that they really hated playing with that guy. But, you know... He's had a successful career, for relatively speaking. Outside of getting championships, he's done everything else. And so I think that it could be something like that where, you know, it's not easy to play with one of the greats. It's really not. <laughs> it's not easy. People, uh, Michael's teammates didn't like him. Steve Kerr said he hated Michael, you know. Yeah. He loves well, Michael, but he hated him. And so, Steve Kerr also might have had a broken jaw because of Jordan. Yeah, might have. Very trade. much might have. And, you know, <laughs> but they apologized. He apologized afterwards. So, you know, I think they're cool. But, you know, it's a lot of people that said they didn't really like playing with Michael. It's a lot of people that said they didn't like playing with Kobe. And so, you know, I think that it's 
all a matter of opinion and some people can handle it other people can't but that's the price of playing with greatness so i'm just asking because tarazi of course is one of the most competitive players in the wnba's history which is why she's easily a top five player in the history of the actual league you can argue top three like you have a serious case if you want to make that argument phoenix is especially bad and tarazi's not used to losing this much Mm-hmm. That's why I'm kind of wondering if it's possible that she's becoming increasingly unbearable because losing is just not something she's ever been accustomed to in the last like 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. All right. Well, all right. Let's put a pin on that and let's talk about WinBet where you can head over and bet $50 to get $200 on their Bet50 Win $200 promotion where $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, you can also win the ultimate fantasy football experience where if you bet $500 on sports and casino or, or casino before July 31st, 2021, you can win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience. Look, guys, look, this is what it entails. I'm going to tell you everything. You can go. They will bring you out to win, win Las Vegas for a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts, and you can have your draft, live draft at Encore Beach Club for you and your entire league. That package is for you and your entire league. Multiple entries allowed. So if you bet $1,000, you get two entries. So you and everybody in your league can bet, win, bet $500, bet $1,000, get two entries. And you can all get multiple entries. And if one of you win, then everybody goes to Las Vegas. It sounds great. It sounds like an opportunity. Make sure you guys take advantage. So much to choose from. All you have to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Offer such at change terms conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And now, Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform with millions and millions of players around the world. And guess what? I have a fantasy league on Sleeper. Scott has a fantasy league on Sleeper. You probably already have a fantasy league on Sleeper. And they have their new over-under game where it's super simple, super easy. You can pick a player in baseball like, uh, oh, my gosh, baseball has so many players. Give me a player. Aaron Judge. You can pick Aaron Judge. You can pick Aaron Judge to have hits. Like how many hits you think he's going to have that day in baseball? I don't know. How do they quantify hits? Like one and a half? Probably a one and a half. I think one and a half because Aaron Judge has been going crazy. He just had a walk-off. He had two walk-offs in the same series, actually. That's pretty wild. But he just had another walk-off against the Astros the other day. And so you can bet it over under his hits in baseball. You can add a whole bunch of players to that. Choose the amount of money you want to put in the contest. And you can win from two to 20 times the money you put in. And I'm super excited because you can join our SGPN group because they have a chat feature. So you can chat with us. You can chat with me. You can chat with Scott. You can chat with Malcolm Moonoff. You can chat with Ryan and Sean and everybody that does this. And you can copy their picks or we can go out there and we could copy your picks because maybe you're on the heater. If you're on the heater, I'm going to tell you. I promise you, if you're on the heater, I'm going to tell you. So we can do all of that on Sleeper. It's super duper easy. So stop what you're doing. Download Sleeper right now and play their new over under game. Sleeper.com says SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. And Sleeper.com says SGP to get 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right. We haven't done this in a while. It's been about a week. Maybe a little bit more. I've been busy for these past couple of weeks. But we're back at it, and we're doing it again. So let's get into the two-game slate breakdown. We have the Indiana Fever traveling to play the Phoenix Mercury. Phoenix Mercury are laying seven. 
here at home, 169. This total just went up on me. It was 168, and I just watched it go up to 169. 169 on the total. Total opened up at 163.5. Line stayed still at minus 7. Looking at some money coming in on the Phoenix Mercury here. And an injury report. It's pretty clean. Nothing on the Indiana Fever side. Nothing different on the Phoenix Mercury side. As you know, Tina Charles is now shipped out of there. She will not be playing in this game. And Brittany Griner still with, out with the personal reasons, being detained overseas, free BG, BG, bring her home. And Nurse is still out with that uh, knee injury. She's probably not going to play for the whole season at this point. Okay. Let's talk about it because both of these teams got some things wrong with them. But maybe the Phoenix Mercury, they started playing better. Like the offense started looking a lot better yeah, they beat over Dallas. the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and they just got a really good win against Dallas. Now, I don't know if that was them rallying to make sure they got that win after Tina was out of there. You heard Sophie Cunningham say after the game, fuck Tina Charles. It was pretty loud. Everybody heard it. Said it, fuck Tina Charles, and you know, so maybe there was some bad blood there. I can't wait to see the Mercury and the Storm face off again. But focusing in on this game, Indiana's been really, really bad against the number. Yeah. Like terrible. Like they have – and the thing is, they had a run where they were pretty good in the first half. I've actually drawn off on them in that first half because they – I think we're at like three straight where they didn't cover the first half. So I'm like, all right, I'm done with that trend. I don't like that trend anymore. But they were feisty in early game, and they're still a little feisty in the early game, but, man, they can't put a whole 40 minutes together to save their life. So what are we doing here? We're laying seven with the Mercury? I'm going to do it, and I actually feel decent about it. Indiana, I know, is atrocious. They did have a nice win somehow against Chicago at home. I'm not sure how they pulled that one off. Congrats there. It was crazy. But you're looking at how they – I'd say, responded to that very impressive upset win, and they lost to Dallas by 26. So you can hope that they were building on some momentum. Maybe they would be competitive. They were not. They won one game relatively uh, – I don't know if you want to call it a fluke, but you can argue that it's the flukiest result of the season. I think we, could, we can make a case for that, especially in a Commissioner's Cup game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got outscored 25-9 to nine in, in the second quarter and still won the game, which doesn't really happen that often. So, for me, I'm going to go with Phoenix. They had a nice win after the whole Tina Charles thing unfolded. You mentioned the actual quote, the audio clip there that was mentioned by one of the players after the game. So, perhaps uh, getting rid of Tina Charles might be the rallying cry this team needed. Maybe. Provided a bit of a spark, we'll find out. But I know Phoenix was playing terrible basketball and had to play a back-to-back with travel against Indiana about two weeks ago, and they won by 13. You could argue it was the worst travel spot of the season for any team, Yep. and they still managed to win the game handily. Now they're going to be at home. They haven't played since the 25th. They had a full day off to travel. Uh, Indiana's not played since the 23rd, but... They've really shown me nothing. When Indiana loses, they tend to lose handily. And I think Phoenix, after winning the first meeting in such a terrible spot and having a nice road win against Dallas after the Tina Charles situation, I'm going with Phoenix. I'm not going to say that this team's going to compete for a playoff spot, but I do think this team right now might be a very good buy-low candidate based on the 
initial emotions that were shared when Tina Charles was removed and they won the game without her. So I'm going to go with Phoenix. Oh, man, 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 man. This is a tough one. I'm not even going to. It's two terrible teams, but Indiana's been my 12th ranked team in the power rankings the entire season. So I'm not going to shift now. Yeah, they have been pretty bad over the course of the entire season. And I I was on Indiana. They started looking better, and then they just kind of drifted back off. And they're back in that last place spot, ATS, 7-12 and 12 ATS on the season. You know, Phoenix Mercury, I mean, are not much higher. So you have the bottom three is Indiana, Seattle, Phoenix. And Phoenix is 8-10-1 over the course of the entire season. My issue here is that they are running an incredibly small lineup at them in Phoenix. Mm. This lineup is small. They don't have a, you know, you're running Brianna Turner at your, as your big, and she's, yeah. she's very capable of doing it. But then when you look around and, you know, you got Petty over there that's playing for them. You got Tarazi, Diggins-Smith, Sophie Cunningham. Yeah, this is this is a small lineup, and Sophie's kind of running as playing as that four spot and like a stretch four for them. And when I look over at Indiana, they haven't been able to do a lot of things well this season. But what they've been able to do well is they've been on the offensive glass, and Lisa Smith and Queen Egbo have been a really big part of that. And the bigs that they have been a really big part of that. And I just see this as a game that Lisa's going to go crazy. Like she's. She has the ability offensively to make any move that you need her to make and be out there and be able to score. And I don't know if the Mercury are going to have somebody, a body that can go toe to toe with her down there in the paint. And while she's gets going, she's, she's also been able to, you know, pass out of it. And Queen's been able to go down there and work in the paint and get some extra things going. And then Mitchell it has been their consistent score over the course of the entire season. So I, I'm, I'm concerned about, I'm concerned about the size difference. I'm very concerned about the size difference, especially since the last time Tina Charles played, they played Tina Charles was in the game and she gave them 29. (laughs) She gave the Mm -hmm. the Phoenix, not Phoenix, but the Indiana fever 29 and seven. And so if you take away that production, are they going to be able to supplement that inside the paint? Are they going to be taking more jump shots and are they going to hit those jump shots? I, I, I don't know. Indiana's really bad. Phoenix is bad. These are two bad teams. I'm I'm gonna take the seven points. I, I, I'm gonna take the seven points with Indiana and just say that hey, maybe they keep this one close. I do. I think they go out here and they get an outright win. No, because Indiana, Indiana things up a lot of the time. But I think that what they do on the offensive glass, being able to get their own misses and have either Queen or Nalusa put that back up, is gonna be big for them. So yeah, give me Indiana plus the seven. I'm I don't feel good about it at all. I really don't. I, I would stay away from this game. And it's an automatic over for me. I mean it's an automatic over. I'm just gonna take the two teams and take the over. It's climbing. Yeah. It's climbing for good reason. And I don't think it's reached a point where I'm scared off of it yet. Cause I again I think that if Indiana gets a miss, they're gonna kill the offensive glass today. And they're going to continue to put points up. And I don't think that the Phoenix Mercury are going to be unable to score because Indiana's defense is Swiss cheese. So, yeah, give me an over. I like the over. That was actually going to be my question for you regarding future totals with Phoenix. Since they have to go extremely small, that would imply they're going to play with a bunch of pace. 
Yep. So I know defensively they were very good against Dallas, only gave up 72 points. First meeting got into the 170s here. We know Indiana's the worst defense in the league. That's been the case for the entire season. Mm -hmm. But is Phoenix a blind over team until they burn you because of the speed that they should be playing at, playing such a small ball lineup? Yeah, I mean, for me, that's what I'm looking at. On right now, they're 11 and eight to, to the over in the season. That's one, you know, top five in the WNBA. But it's basically like five of the teams that have that are sporting that same record. So, absolutely, I I think that they are 100 percent just kind of a blind over team for me. I don't, I don't think that there's gonna be if they're running with pace and they're not stopping anything in the paint. I think that they still have the talent on the outside with that lineup that they're sporting because you still have the Shields, you still have Diggins Smith, you still have Cunningham, and you still have Tarasi. They're going to score. They're going to find ways to score the basketball. They have a lot of people that can score the basketball in a number of ways, and that's why Phoenix was an early season – like, they were one of the early season favorites to make it back because they, they had so much scoring, and this offense was going to be something that we were going to be looking, looking towards – and with the lack of a decent defense and lack of multiple people on the inside that can be able to guard four and five, especially against a team like Indiana. Yeah, this is going to be an over team for the rest of the season. I'm with you. Let's just, let's just blindly take their overs until they start killing us. Yeah, that's what I think. All right. Other than that, I'm trying to find – I was trying to find the pace stats. I couldn't find it right now. Uh, but, no, yeah, here it is. Yeah, they're fifth in pace right now. So they're and that, was, and that was with Tina Charles for yeah, of course the majority of the season. So, so so only can imagine what it looks like after that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the second and last game of our two game slate. We have the Las Vegas Aces traveling to LA to play the Los Angeles Sparks. The Aces are laying eight. It seems like eight is the magic number for them. Every time I look at them, they're laying eight. It doesn't matter against who. It's always eight. Yeah. Opened up at six. Now they're set eight. 74 and a half is the total for this one. And let me go back and look at this just to make sure I don't put my foot in my mouth. Yes, these teams recently just played not too, too long ago. Uh, it was on Saturday the 11th where the Aces were in L.A., got a win, 89-72. Aces coming off of a rare loss. Losses don't happen. This is two losses in a row, actually. Losses don't happen for this team too often. Now they're coming off two in a row, one against Sky, one against the Mystics. Coming back down to earth, maybe, could be, possibly. What are we doing here with the Aces laying eight against Sparks? So I am a little bit concerned regarding the Aces right now. Now, of course, by the end of the season, they'll figure it out. But they were responsible for, statistically, the biggest choke job in the history of the sport, mm-hmm. or the league, I should say. And mm-hmm. I figured at home against Washington, they'd take out some frustration and kick their ass. And it looked like it was going to be a very competitive game throughout. Vegas did open up a two-point lead after one, and then they ended up losing the game eventually in overtime. So Vegas, after such a terrible loss to Chicago, I thought would be fully amped for this Washington game. And they really were not. The game was very competitive. Vegas was never close to covering nine and a half. Now, the Sparks, of course, got rid of Derek Fisher. I know you were thrilled about it. Yep. And the Sparks have been playing a little bit better 
recently. They beat the Mystics at home, got killed by Chicago. That happens. And they lost – and they uh, beat Seattle in the storm. Impressive win there. The line is – well, it's, it's really, really tricky because you know on paper Vegas should win the game handily. But I'll ask you, are you extremely concerned about the current form of Vegas, especially how they responded after such a bad choke job against Chicago? I think I'd be, I think I'd be a little concerned if they didn't play two of what we think are probably, you know, outside of Vegas and the Sun, that next tier of really good teams in the WNBA. Yeah, I, I think the Mystics are probably Mystics. like a top six, like six team, but like five or six probably. So – I think that we're getting into the point of season where the aces are realizing that it is a target on their backs. And if they didn't realize it now, after losing these last two, they understand that it doesn't matter who you play. It doesn't matter when you play them, you are the best team in the league and you're going to get everybody's best shot any given night. It doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter how bad they are. You are going to get their best shot every single night. And they got the sky's best shot in that second half, and they overcame that 28-point deficit and came out there and got a win. They got the Mystics' best shot the entire game. They couldn't get any separation that entire game. And when it came down to overtime, the Mystics walked out with it. So this is a very humbling moment for them to realize that, yes, we are the best, but we can take L's. We can be better. And these are things that we're going to have to do. And they've had a little break. Since that loss to kind of sit in that and work with that, Becky Hammond, I think, is going to be one of the great coaches in this league already. Yeah. And I was, I was super excited to hear when she got the job, even though, you know, you wanted, you wanted to hear her get a job in the NBA. But this was a really, really good opportunity in WNBA for her. And now it's time to fight that adversity. It's time to combat that adversity and go out there and get a very dominant win over a team that you should very much go out there and win against. They're seven and ten at the end of the day, and they have they just got a head coaching change. While they're good, they're not great, and so I think that this is that wake up game for the Aces. I think they go out here and they dominate this the Los Angeles Sparks. That's, I, that's I, where I'm going to. If yeah, I to it's just too many things. You're looking at three all-star starters, and they weren't three all-star. They weren't voted three all-star starters for no reason. Asia Wilson and Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum, like they can do mm-hmm. it. And while Kelsey Plum has had some questionable shots over the past couple of games, but she's still a knockdown shooter, and she still can go out there and put points up on the board. And then when you talk about their ability to rebound with Hambry down there as well, and the defensive effort, Asia Wilson is looking like an MVP and a defensive player of the year all at once. And so I, I think that's too much to combat with the Sparks and a team that I just don't know what their identity is in the Sparks anymore. They had, I had very high expectations for them. I thought that they would be playing a lot better than they are playing right now. And while they're working their way back on the up and up, am I going to take them against the best team in the league? And even though it's eight and it's a pretty rather large turtle, uh, hurdle, I'm, I'm, I'm not on it. I just don't trust them right now in this point in time, especially coming off a really big win against Seattle Storm. Give me, give me the aces laying eight. I think that they go out here and get it done. Plus, if you want to actually look at the regular season meetings up to this point, Vegas has won each of the first two meetings by at least 17 points. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that was a previous coaching regime, but when you play twice, including one time in L.A., and you get blown out of the building both times, I do think Vegas should be hungry after back-to-back losses, and I think that there's a chance this game turns into a bit of a rout but I expect Vegas to win by 10 plus. And to, I didn't even talk about the injury report, but it definitely 
you could be missing some more faces for yeah. Sparks, which is really making this a really, really hard for you as uh, Chine uh, might be not – she has a face injury. She may not be playing. She's questionable. Kenny Carter is still questionable with the illness. She didn't play against that game in that game against the um, the Storm. And Jordan Canada did not play yeah. with that game either with the illness. And so she's been out. And if you don't have Canada and you don't have – Carter, that's that's a big hurdle to handle, and yeah. if it, that makes it even more surprising how they were able to go out there and will that win against the Seattle Storm, being without those two players. But am I going to take them against the number one team in the league? And that's the possibility. No, I don't. Yeah, I'm I, with you. I don't like their chances there. All right, so yeah, we're both on that one. Only person out for the Aces, by the way, is Williams, and she's been out with that foot injury and probably going to be out for a while. I think the total's tricky because Vegas defensively has been very good against Los Angeles this season, and the Sparks might be without a couple of players. I'm just looking at Vegas team total over. From what I've seen in the regular season, they've played twice. Vegas scored 104 in the first meeting, 89 in the second meeting. They still lost Chicago, but they scored 95 points. Uh, They've scored 89 in... Let me just pull this up. They scored at least 92 in three of the last four games. So Vegas Mm -hmm. offensively is still very good. The issue is just the defense recently. But when you've scored at least 89 points in four of the last five, I'm going to have to assume that Vegas goes over the team total pretty easily. Yeah, I agree with you. What do you do? You have that pulled up? I'm trying to pull it up now myself. Uh, yeah. Let me see what I got. Let's see. Let's try to. I see 91 and a half, which is disgusting. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's that, that's, that's, that's really that's high. high. Like it, it <laughs> should be because the total's one seventy four. But uh that's... you're basically saying that they're going to get all of that. That's super. That's yeah, super high for a total. I was looking for more of an eighty nine. That's what I was looking for. Something that says if they get to ninety, then we're good. Because I'm assuming yeah. that if they get to ninety, they'll probably win the game handily. And I mean, if you think it, it, every point counts, every point counts, and so I would wait. I would wait to see who who. Uh, no, I would ninety one and a half. Uh, all right, take over. I take over. I I, I take over. It's, I'm still leaning over. I'm just yeah. at least acknowledging it's not, that it's, it's not it's the not number pretty. that we wanted. Yeah, yeah, it's not number that we wanted, but it's still you would think that they get over this number playing against the Sparks, and especially if Chanae's not able to go because she's really big in what they do on defense, and so if she's not able to go in this one, then it's going to be easy walk-ins for Hambry especially who I think has a pretty good game in this one if she does if she doesn't end up going because she Janae was supposed to come off the bench and help out with her a little bit and getting a lot of easy buckets on the inside yeah all right before we get into our lock and dog got to talk to you about IP Vanish the premier VPN I always tell you guys I use IP Vanish all the time encrypts 100% of your data. It means your private details, passwords, communications, and browsing history will all be shielded from the wrong hands. And you can use it on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed like your tablets, computers, phones, even your fire stick to block what you're streaming. So people don't know if you're streaming, if you're streaming something you shouldn't be streaming or something you just don't want people knowing you're streaming. You can do all that. Plus, they're offering you an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Super easy to use. Just tap a button and you're protected. So, look. Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use your promo code SGP to claim your 70% off savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right. Scott, it's time for Lock and Dog, sir. We got two games. What are you doing here? 
So for the lock, I am going to go to the Mercury game, and I'm going to take the over. Uh, there's really no way for me not to take it. We saw the first mm-hmm. meeting got into the 170s. Indiana defensively is the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. I believe they're still number one in pace. Yes. So yeah. Indiana's number one in pace. We expect Phoenix to play faster now that they're playing smaller. So I do think you'll see a track meet breakout. You mentioned all the potential offensive rebounds for Indiana, which could help their shooting uh, numbers or their you know potential struggles from the outside. Phoenix is still a very talented offensive team. I think both teams will score, but the pace alone is why I like the over. Give me the over. I think this game gets into the 170s. But if you're going to give me a total of around 168, give or take, 169, I think it's a little low. Give me the over. All right. What's your dog? I had to get creative because I liked uh, the favorites in this one. So I'm going to take Vegas minus 10.5 at around plus 130. And the reason why I'm taking it is because from what I've seen up to this point, the two meetings, it's not close. And Vegas Mm -hmm. has won by 17 plus each of the first two times they've played. Sparks might be shorthanded. You mentioned it. Not many star players, but still quality depth pieces. And I do think that that's going to hurt. Plus Vegas lost two in a row including an overtime heartbreaker followed by a mass. And right before that was a massive choke job. It seemed like a very good spot for Vegas to bounce back and potentially win handily. Mm -hmm. But I think if Vegas is going to win, this could get very ugly because of the frustrations Vegas is going to take out on the sparks. Give me Vegas minus 10 and a half at plus 130. Okay. I like that. I like that. That feels that that's oh we got a all we got an all total. I like that. That's very hey. All right, all right. Let me try to let me try to be creative. You guys know I never do this stuff beforehand. I'm I always just sit here and talk through my stuff. I, I already know, dog, you're gonna take Indiana first half. You're you're Am gonna I? no no so look, that's really been killing me lately. I've been betting Indiana first half. I don't know what really else you're gonna take. I don't know what I'm gonna do either. That's why I'm sitting here trying to figure it out with you. Cause I was I was leaning towards that over two, but I don't want to give out the same bet as you. But I was leaning towards that over two. I really did like it. And you I think go, I'm gonna play. You wanna go Indiana team total? No, no. So look, I wasn't I was thinking Mercury team total. Okay. Because as I sit here and I'm looking, you know, and I'm thinking about defensive ratings, it's like Indiana's still at the bottom of the league. It's like so they're bad. still at the bottom over the course of the entire season. They've been at the bottom of the league, and they're at the bottom of the league by a pretty wide margin in terms of defensive rating. Bro, I called and, them the Citadel like a month and a half ago, and it yeah. still holds. It still holds up to this point. Yeah, very much so. And so I'm looking at Phoenix Mercury team total at 88 and a half for minus 104. Then I'm looking at I give me that. I'll lay an extra four, an extra four dollars or four cents or whatever you want to call it, whatever. I'll lay that because I think that it, it it has a really good chance of going and I'm getting under that 90 number and I just feel like teams are, are automatic 90 piece for the Indiana fever against the Indiana fever. So yeah, give me, give me 88 and a half over for the team total of the Phoenix Mercury. That's my lock. I think they get there just another way to play that over. I'm just going to lean on the Mercury side instead of trusting Indiana as well. For my dog. You said you liked Indiana plus seven, so I don't know yeah, if you're going to use that. And so do I stick to the same game and kind of trust Indiana just to give up points and kind of also be able to score? 
You can really double down on the total and parlay the plus seven with the over if you want to do that. I do like that. I like that. What would, I, what would that give me? I think it's like plus 260 and change. Uh, hold on. I got it. Oh, shoot. It's- I mean, you're really going all in on that total, but I mean, I, I am too. That's my lock, but... I mean, you could take full game with Fever plus seven, and then it pays out of like plus two sixty four, give or take. Yeah, um, oh, I can't get that. I can't get that to go into parlay worker right now. Okay. All right, we're not going to do that. Fine, fine, fine. We're just going to trust them one more time. They, they, they were good early in the season. Maybe they give me another one and make this closer until they blow the game in the second half. So, fine, you got me. Indiana Fever first half money line plus one seventy five. We're just going to go back to the same game, and we're kind of hedging our bets here a little bit. <laughs> it's some some sort of hedge, so hopefully we get one or the other. Maybe we get both. I like it. So Indiana Fever, plus 175 for my dog. Phoenix Mercury team total over 88.5 for my lock. Scott, for his lock, had the over in this game. What was that, 169? Yeah, 169. I, I just can't avoid it. Yep, 169 for the over, and then his dog was an all total. I mean, an alt line for the aces minus 10 and a half. Where'd you get that number at? Uh, plus 130. Plus 130. There you go. You got it, people. That's our lock and our dog. Scott, anything else you want to tap into before we get up out of here? Uh, not really. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. I know besides the WNBA podcast, we might be having a little bit of a, an NBA free agency mixed with a draft recap. Podcast oh, wow. coming out in a couple Look at of days. You that news already. <laughs> very, very subtle hint and shameless plugs. We got that going. Besides that, I'm gonna have another tennis video, uh, tennis podcast later on in the week for Wimbledon. So far, two and zero. Hopefully, we'll keep it up. Nice start to the era, so to speak. But I'm looking forward to covering more basketball and more tennis throughout the next couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys know where to find me at really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. Here, the WNBA Gambling Podcast. If you aren't subscribing, make sure you subscribe. Tap into us. We're doing big things over here. And then also the NBA Gambling Podcast. And check me out, the College Football Experience. We are breaking down every team in the college football land, breaking down every team going into the season in FBS. And look, Kobe's already out here dropping 2.0s. Like, he's already making 2.0s, and we're only in C. And so tap into me. You'll see me a lot in this week doing work over there. Love those guys where I got my start. Can't wait to get back over there. Other than that, yeah, guys, I mean, that's about it. I really don't know how else to end the podcast, but I'm going to say this. Protect women's rights. We out.